Welcome to the Heart of the Athlete. This is Reggie Etheridge welcoming you to the radio program for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, featuring what God is doing in the hearts and lives of coaches and athletes in Idaho. Now, here are your hosts. Hey folks, welcome to the Heart of the Athlete, the local FCA radio show here on KBXL 94.1 FM. I'm Ken Lewis, here on staff with FCA and in Idaho. And my co-host today to help introduce our speaker is Randy Hutchins, who is our director in the Northwest for FCA Motocross and FCA Outdoors. Randy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ken. Glad to be here. Well, hey, our listeners today, we get an opportunity to go back to the last week of June and listen to our night three speaker at our Northwest SCA Sport Camp, where we had nearly 600 athletes, junior high, high school, and college athletes at. And uh, we get to listen to a very special friend of ours, right, who's a pro motocross rider. Yeah, super excited to have him back. He was with us for our initial motocross season here of part of the Northwest camp, Trey Kennard. Yeah, so folks, sit back and enjoy Trey. And uh, man, it was a great night. And of course, we had, you know, uh, over 60 motocross junior high and high school campers there. So of course, they really enjoyed having a speaker from their sport. Yeah, absolutely. And then someone with the credentials that Trey has as a as a both supercross and motocross champion, what an opportunity for them to hear from him. And then, you know, a man of God like that is just incredible. Yeah. Sit back and enjoy Trey Kennard. Well, part of a great performance is knowing your environment, right? Knowing how things work. But my guess is you know how your environment works in your sport, whether it's a court a field or a stadium, you know everything there is to know about your sport, right? And you know how to leverage that and you know how to work that and that's probably what makes you a great athlete, right? You can't be a good swimmer without knowing how water works. I'm not a good swimmer. I do not know how water works. I just kind of sink like a rock. You can't be a great basketball player without knowing how the ball will bounce off the court. You can't be a great basketball player without knowing how to work with your teammates. You can't be a great basketball player player without knowing how to shoot the ball. I also do not know how to shoot the ball. Some of you might even geek out on this, right? I got a golfer friend and he loves grass. Like you could be driving down the road and he'd be like, hey man, did you see that fescue grass over there? That, that stuff is sweet. And I'm like, what is fescue grass? But he loves it. Me, I love dirt. Yeah, dirt is sweet. But yeah, my, my motocross guys, let's go get some dirt. Yeah, I, I love dirt, man. I, uh, my environment is dirt, and I love dirt. I love the way it, it looks. I love the way it smells. I love the way I can like spray it everywhere on my bike. And um, I've spent the last 30 years getting to know dirt, and I love dirt. You know who else liked dirt? He walked in it for about 30 years. Jesus. Jesus liked dirt. Yeah, you, you don't believe me that Jesus, that God didn't like dirt? Check this out. Genesis 2-7, the Lord formed a man from the from the dirt. God, the creator of the universe, loved dirt so much, he chose to make you out of it. Isn't that exciting? I love that. Now, I don't know how much Jesus really did love dirt, but I do know he used dirt to teach his disciples a lesson, to teach them a parable. It's called the parable of the sower, and it's in Matthew 13, 3 through 23, and it goes like this. A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he scattered his seed... Some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. 
This dirt is no good. Let's just take a minute to talk about this dirt. This dirt is so hard packed, the seed just kind of lands on it and falls off and the birds come and eat it up. It's not good dirt. Trust me, I know dirt. Jesus continues, some seeds fell on a rocky place where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came out, the plants were scorched and withered because they had no root. Now, as a dirt connoisseur, I guess you could say, this is also not very good dirt. There's no room for growth, and nobody really likes rocks in the dirt. Jesus continues, other seeds fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Well, this dirt, not good also. Who likes to get thorns? I don't know anybody that likes to get thorns. Not good dirt. Jesus says in verse 8, Still other seeds fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, 160 or 30 times what was sown. Ah, the good dirt. This is the stuff dreams are made of, the good dirt. Well, while I do love dirt, what in the world is Jesus talking about? All this dirt. And the disciples have the same question. They're like, what does this parable mean, Jesus? Where are you going with this? And Jesus explains it this way. He says, look, the seed, it represents the gospel, the good news about the kingdom of God. And you, you and I, the people, the disciples, the people listening to Jesus, they are the soil. And the way that they receive the soil describes the kind of soil that they are. So back to the dirt. The path dirt. The stuff that's so hard packed, the seed just kind of rolls off. Jesus says this about it. He says, when anyone hears a message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in the heart. This is the seed sown along the path. This heart is hard, right? If Jesus is comparing the soil to our heart, this is a hard heart. It doesn't want to soak up the good news. It says, man, I don't need the gospel. I don't need Jesus. And so there's no fruit. This soil doesn't produce any fruit. This heart doesn't fr- produce any fruit. And then there's a rocky dirt. No room for roots. And it's rocky. Jesus says this, The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. This heart gets excited about the gospel. But then it says, Nah, man. You don't know what's going on in my life. You don't know what's happening to me. You don't know what this is bringing in my life. And says, no, I don't need the gospel. And so there's no fruit. And then there's the thorny dirt. It's just, Jesus says this, the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this lies in in the deceitfulness of wealth choke out the word, making it unfruitful. Oh, this heart takes in the gospel and it gets excited about the gospel, but it really likes the world. And it says, ah, man, I like that. I'm going to go do that. I don't need the gospel. I don't need Jesus. And then there's the good soil. Nothing stops the growth of the seed in the good soil. Jesus says this, but the seed falling on the good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. This heart is changed by the gospel. It's open and ready to say, here I am, Lord. Shape me into who you want me to be. And it produces fruit. And it produces way more fruit than it ever intended. Jesus says it produces way more fruit than it ever intended. You know, one thing I love about what Daniel said is he says, when we see seeds, God sees an orchard. And I love that. 
Because when we trust God with our lives, when we have a heart that is open and ready to receive the gospel, there is no telling what God can do. We can have hearts that produce love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and self-control. And it produces it in a way that impacts the world around us. And it points people to the God of eternity. Question, in this parable, what soil, what heart do you identify with most tonight? Do you identify with the hard soil, the hard heart, the rocky heart, the one that's pierced with thorns? Or is God moving your heart in a way that moves you? I don't know if you guys have ever tried to grow something. I have, and I'm pretty terrible at it. My wife and I were looking for a uh, fiddle leaf fig tree. Has anyone ever heard of a fiddle leaf fig tree? Okay, all the girls are like, yeah, I saw it on Pinterest. Yeah, so we're looking for this fiddle leaf fig tree, and man, we really want this fig tree, but we cannot find one, right? It is nowhere to be found. We scour all the nurseries. We scour Lowe's. Nothing. So finally, I find one. And so I find this tree, right? And I'm at this nursery, and I'm looking at it, and I'm trying to pick out the right one, one that's going to make Hannah happy, and she's going to love it for Christmas. And uh, one of the employees walks up to me, and she goes, uh, you're not going to kill that, are you? And I'm like, uh, I mean, that's not the goal, but uh, I'm going to try not to. And so I finally convince her that I need this tree. And so she lets me buy it. And no kidding, on the way out, she yells across the nursery, don't kill it. So I give this fig tree to Hannah for Christmas, and we're both really excited. And uh, I'd say, hey, look, we cannot let this fig tree die because there's a lady at a nursery that if we let this tree die, she might come and kill us. So we work real hard, man. We are trying so hard not to let this tree die. I mean, we are doing everything. Not because we want it to live or we want to enjoy it and watch it flourish, but we're really scared of this lady at the nursery. I mean, we're doing all kinds of stuff, right? We're watering it every day. We're like moving it around the house to make sure it's happy. We're like wiping down its its leaves and we're putting it uh, outside a little bit. We're even getting people to come watch it when we're gone. I mean, we're going crazy, right? It's becoming a task. It's like not even fun to have this plant anymore. We were trying so hard for this tree to bear fruit. Anyone want to see my fiddly fig tree? You guys want to see it? All right. Man. It's still alive. It's still alive. It's okay. Man, uh, we haven't been murdered yet, but uh, if you hear of a murder in Oklahoma City sometime in the next few months, you know exactly who to go see. Question. Anyone of you ever feel like this fig tree? You're trying so hard to bear fruit. You're trying to be good soil. You're trying to stay alive. You're trying to do good things. You're trying to work hard, but you're just barely hanging on. We try to be loving. We try to be joyful. We try to be peaceful. We try to be patient. We try to not sin. We try to be good Christians. If we don't know Jesus, we just try to be good, right? But we just keep falling flat. Anyone else ever feel like that? I know I have a lot. I felt like that tree. I've even looked as sad as that tree a lot of times. Well, it's 
kind of like this. If we go back to the parable of the sower, it's like, man, I've got a hard heart. And truthfully, I like it that way. Because I don't really want anyone to see what's going on inside of me. I don't need the gospel. I can't do this. Or it's like, man, I've got a rocky heart. And you don't even know what has happened to me. You don't know what I've done. There's no room for Jesus in my life. I can't do this. I can't bear fruit. I can't be loving. Or maybe it's like this. My heart is pierced with thorns. And this all sounds great. The gospel sounds great. But here's the deal. I love what I look at on the internet. I love status. I love power, man. I love the way people look at me when I am the star athlete. I love it all. I can't do this. I don't want the gospel. I can't bear fruit, man. That's how I felt a lot of times. I don't know about you guys. You know what I love about the fruit of the Spirit? It's not the fruit of Trey. And it's not the fruit of you. Whose fruit is it? It's the fruit of the Spirit, right? It's God at work in us. God is the source. Man, it takes some effort, though. Don't get me wrong. It takes some effort, locking arms with Jesus. But more than anything, it takes an intention to say, Lord, here is my heart. I need you. I need you more than anything. I can't do this, God. I need you to work in me. If we want a heart that produces fruit, it's a heart that is prepared for the gospel to land, to grow, and to flourish in us. In 2011, I was, I think I was probably at my, what I would call the height of my career. I'd just come off a couple championships, and I was winning races. I was making really good money. I was building my brand. And, uh, man, I was living my dream. And then I broke my femur. And I thought, you know what? I think you're trying to teach me something here, God. What can I do to be better soil? How can I change my heart? So I worked on some things, and it seemed like I was really good soil. And I came back, and I was racing well, and I kind of backed right to where I was. And then, boom, I broke this femur again. So I spent my next bit of recovery trying to wean out some of those thorns, some of those rocks. I was trying to be good soil. I was like, God, take out these hard parts of my heart. And I come back from that injury, and I'm, I'm gearing up. I'm trying. I even broke up with my girlfriend. I was like, God, maybe you're the reason. Maybe she's the reason I'm getting punished here. I'm just kidding. God doesn't work like that. But I think that might have been my thinking at the time. And so I come back from that injury, and I'm gearing up, and I'm like, God, I am good soil now. Let's go. Come on. Bless my life. Let's go. And then uh, five weeks before my next race, I broke my collarbone. And I'm like, God, what is going on here? And then I started to think, you know, the bones that I'm breaking now are getting a lot smaller, so... Maybe I'm on my way. What can stop me now? All right, God. So I come off that injury, and, and man, I am, I'm fired up. I'm spiritually high. And then I broke my back. I had a spinal cord injury, and I was out for a year. And I was like, but God, I'm trying to be good soil here. I'm working hard. I want to know you. Finally, I just thought, you know, maybe I'm getting this wrong. Maybe it isn't about how I'm doing. You know, maybe I need a minute to really think about who you are, God. I need to know who you are. And you know what? God showed up. 
It took eight months for my back to heal, and I came back to race, and I had another great five years after that. But in that eight months, God did more than heal my back. He healed my heart. And what I learned in that eight months is that while God does care about my health and my well-being and how I'm striving to serve him, he cares way more about what's going on in here. God didn't need me to win more races. He didn't need me to volunteer more or be a good Christian. He needed me to say to him, Lord, here I am. Do whatever you want. Shape me into who you want me to be. I just want to know you and know, be known by you. Our theme verse tonight is John 15, 5, and Jesus says this. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus is saying here, he says, look, your, your job in this is to remain in me. Jesus is asking for us to, to remain connected to the source of all life. And he'll be the one to grow the fruit. He'll produce the performance that we're looking for. One of my favorite verses is John 14, 12. And it goes like this. Jesus says, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read through the Gospels and I see the love and the compassion and the power of Jesus, I don't know if I will believe it. It's hard for me to believe it when he says, if you believe in me, you will do these things. But you know what? You'll do even greater things than these. Can you imagine what the world would look like if all of God's people had a good heart, good soil? A heart that says, yes, God, work in me. Jesus says, you will do even greater things. Greater things than me. Well, good news isn't good news without a little bad news. Jesus ends John 15, 5, and he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Look, we, we can try really hard to do a lot of things. We can try to be good people. We can try to earn our way into heaven. We can try to do good things. But what Jesus is telling us is if it's not connected to him, if it's not rooted in eternity, it has no value. He says, no one comes to the Father but except through me. I am the source. I am what is going to help you bear the fruit. I am the one that's going to help you perform. And this isn't a... This isn't a guilting or a shaming or a try harder statement. It's just the truth. It's a truth that eternal life, hope, and good works have a source. And that source is Jesus. Yeah, you can clap with that. So if good soil, a heart that is moved by the gospel is what God is asking of us. How do we do that? How do we prepare our hearts to take in these truths? Daniel mentioned uh, David, that he, was, uh, he had some questionable moments in his life, but God says this about David. He says, he is a man who is after my own heart. So I take advice from that guy. He says this in Psalm 139. He says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts 
See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of the everlasting. See, David is saying something like this. God, is my heart hard? Am I deflecting the gospel because I'm too scared about what people think about me? Or I don't understand every little bit about it? Am I deflecting the gospel because I don't really care, to be honest? Show me, God. He's saying, God, is my heart rocky? Is there so much pain lodged in my heart? Maybe someone has done something to you, and you can't get over that. And I understand that, because you know what? People have done things to me, too. Maybe there is rocks lodged so deep in our heart. God, show me that. He's saying, man, my heart feels pretty thorny. And there's ideas in this time, man, and they sound pretty good. And I'm not sure if the gospel really makes sense to me. God, if this is my heart, if I'm running after people's attention, people's approval, how what people think about me, my following, God, show me that. Help me to understand that. And if this is the condition of my heart, remove these things from me, Lord, and show me how to grow closer to you. Look, I don't know where your heart is tonight, but I do know Jesus offers us all an opportunity to come to him and enter his rest. And out of that, he will do amazing things through you. Greater things, things even greater, he said. God spoke to a people long ago who needed new hearts, whose hearts needed repaired. And he made this promise to them through the prophet Ezekiel. He said, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. God has a promise of a new heart, a promise of eternity, a promise of a new life. And this promise is for everyone who will accept his truth. Tonight, we want to give you a chance to examine your own heart, a chance to bring your heart before Jesus. And so I'm going to ask you to stand. Guys, this, this is an important truth because I know that some of us have these difficult hearts and these things that we're holding and they hurt and we don't understand the gospel and we don't know what tomorrow brings. We don't know how difficult Life is going to be, and it seems scary. God has a promise of a new heart. So lift those hands. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for your grace. You are a good God, and you love us so much. God, I know for those here that haven't received the gospel, there's been a lot of talk this week. I pray that it's stirring those hearts, God, and they see the good that you have in store for their lives. God, I pray that if you are stirring them right now and they have in their heart, I want to follow you, Jesus. I want to be good soil. Do something in me. Produce fruit in me. God, give them the courage in their huddle tonight to go to their huddle leaders and say, I want to follow Jesus. Show me what that looks like. God, some of us, we have hard hearts. God, chisel away the exterior because we're hurting inside, God, and we need you. 
be with us, God. If we have stones in our hearts, God, hurts from the past, hurts from today, God, we've hurt people. Remove the stones, God. Give us a heart of flesh. God, we have thorny hearts, man, and we, we don't know how to do this, God. The world looks so good sometimes. God, we need you to come in and clean up and give us good soil, Lord. God, thank you for this grace. Thank you so much for calling us your children. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening today. If you are interested in getting involved with FCA or would like to donate to the FCA ministry, you can contact us through the FCA Idaho website at fcaidaho.org. Join us next week for The Heart of the Athlete, a production of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in Idaho and KBXL, The Voice. You